Welcome to ShimmyCast, a podcast for fans and dancers of Middle Eastern dance. This is episode 23, and I'm your host, Anala Rabari. For this week's episode, we have the usual fair of event announcements and answers to the question of the week. Our first listener-submitted review on the DVD Belly Dance for Beautiful Freaks and highlights from ShimmyFest. The music for this week's show is from Burning Babylon and Pentaphobe. And just a reminder, submissions for the next article contest will be due November 6th at noon Greenwich Mean Time. All the guidelines are the same as the previous contest, and you can check those out on the forum board. And just to let you guys know, uh, review submissions are always accepted. Just send them to shimmycast at gmail.com. So, on to answers to the question of the week. Answers to what move has challenged you the most and why. Dyer from Kissimmee, Florida, on the message board, writes, The belly rolls and walking with the hip twist. In my dancing mind, I swear I'm doing it. When I look at the mirror, it is a whole different issue. I guess someday my dancing mind and real movements will be connected. And then Arabella from Vermont says, Let's see here. One, belly rolls. Two, flutter. Three, making chest lifts, drops, figure eights, etc. look nice and graceful. Number four, hip figure eights, making them look good. Five, combining any two moves like snake arms and any hip move. But hey, if it was easy, it wouldn't be any fun at all. <laughs> and then, um... Shannon from Vancouver Island, uh, British Columbia, sent in an answer to how do you feel about a universal movement vocabulary? And she says, when I first started dancing, I was continually frustrated with inconsistent terms used to refer to different belly dance moves. It annoyed me that my sister and I had to describe a move to each other over the phone and try to do what the other person was describing. Then there was the Eureka moment when we both realized that what her teacher called the coffee grinder and my teacher called a helix was the exact same move. Now I recognize that what seemed like inconsistency in terms is just another proof of the beautiful diverse community of belly dancers that we all belong to. In a discipline that can trace its ancestry back thousands of years across so many widely varied cultures, uniformity is not only unrealistic, but undesirable. Thanks for the thought-provoking questions and all your work on the podcast, Shannon. Well, Shannon, I sympathize with you a lot on this topic. We, we kind of have the same opinion. First, I have to say... I've never heard any move called the coffee grinder or the helix. So I'm sitting here going, what could she possibly be talking about? <laughs> but I'm guessing I probably know those moves just by some other name. <laughs> um, this is a subject that I'm 
personally torn about because I'm of two minds on it. And that's one reason why I asked it because I wanted to know what others of you were thinking out there. As a student and a teacher, I sometimes wish there was a universal vocabulary. It can be frustrating when you're in a workshop and the instructor says, okay, now we're going to do Amaya. And half the class says, what's that? And then the instructor has to take the time out to explain what she's talking about. And then when she's done explaining it, you know, a lot of people say, well, why didn't she just say we were going to do a vertical hip figure eight? <laughs> Another example, um, I, I find I also find it frustrating to me as an instructor when I have a student come up and ask me if we're going to learn this move that another instructor taught them. They then do the move and I can't tell what they are trying to do. I, I mean, it's just incomprehensible to me how they're even moving their body. So um, I ask them what the move is called that they're trying to do. And inevitably the answer is, well, I don't know. My other instructor never gave it a name. And of course, being a student, they aren't very good at explaining what they're physically trying to do. So in those instances, I wish for universal movement vocabulary. And I will say that in, in my troop, we try very hard to give a movement the name that we were taught, but also physically describe it for somebody. Um, like Mayas, what we call Mayas are a, a downward vertical hip figure eight. Not everybody may call those Mayas. I don't know how common that term is amongst other dancers. However... If I tell you I'm talking about a downward vertical hip figure eight, then I think just describing that actual movement can help a lot. Um, I, I kind of feel if our students go to workshops or something like that, then they can be like, is that the term that you're, you know, if, if the facilitator says some wacky term they've never heard, they can say, do you mean a downward vertical figure eight with the hips, you know, or something like that? So it kind of makes it a little easier when teachers do give a physical description of a move along with the term that they use to call it that. So the other, the other mind of me on this topic um, is the anthropologist in me. The anthropologist in me starts looking at the situation and I start thinking about the traditional cultures that this dance form was born from. And, you know, being an anthropologist, I treasure all cultures and I treasure their similarities and their differences, what makes them unique and the common bonds that run through them. So I think about how for centuries there was never a universal movement vocabulary. They didn't even give names to these moves, really. They didn't write down choreography. They just danced. This was just a dance that people did for each other in their homes for their own celebrations and their own socialization. And I worry that the more we try to regulate it and impose rules on it, the faster we lose the essence 
of what this dance is supposed to be. And as an anthropologist, that thought saddens me so badly because as an anthropologist and as a person who loves cultures, it always saddens me a little bit when aspects of a culture die or an entire culture itself dies. Um, I know it's kind of silly, but I'm kind of sad that the ancient Egyptians aren't around anymore. Because <laughs> this seems like such a really cool culture. You, I mean, sometimes I just wish I could see it alive and uh, as a breathing culture. Um, but we don't always get what we want. So... And it's a tough question. Sometimes it would be easier if we did have a universal movement vocabulary because we'd all be on the same page. We'd all be speaking the same language. But then other times I think that if we did that, we'd lose a part of what belly dance should be and what it has been. So that's just my two cents. Feel free to disagree. And now your ShimmyCast news. October 27th, Ava Fleming Workshops in Baltimore, Maryland. October 27th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Tucson, Arizona. October 27th, Hofloween for Badria. This is a breast cancer benefit in Muncie, Indiana. October 27th and 28th, Rachel Bryce and Workshop and Pirate Dinner Party Performance in Salt Lake City, Utah, October 27th through 29th, workshop and show with Diana Tarkon of Cairo, Egypt, in North Hollywood, California, October 28th, Bewitching Belly Dance Ball workshop and show in Ontario, Canada, October 28th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Flagstaff, Arizona, October 28th, Halloween Workshop by Urban Gypsy in New Orleans, Louisiana. October 28th, Expressions in Oriental 8 Workshop and Show in Grand Rapids, Michigan. October 28th through 29th, Tribal Pearl Workshop and Show in Brussels, Belgium. October 28th through 29th, Keshi Chai from the Belly Dance Superstars will have workshops and a performance in Sydney, Australia. October 28th through 30th, Rhythm and Ritual Dance Theater Workshop in Bedlington, Northern South Wales, Northern New South Wales, Australia. October 29th, Asim and Kemi Little of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Sedona, Arizona. October 29th, Anasia's 11th Annual King Tut Returns Show in Sherman Oaks, Van Nuys, California. October 29th, Gypsy Caravan Enterprises presents a Halloween showcase in Netley, New Jersey. October 31st, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. November 1st, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Wichita, Kansas. November 2nd, Asim, Cami Little, and Sonia of the Belly Dance Superstars will all be having separate workshops in Wichita, Kansas. November 2nd through 5th, Le Alla Oriental Dance Festival in Stockholm, Sweden. November 
third through fifth second estonia oriental dance festival with ashraf mandi and top teachers from estonia finland and latvia in Tallinn, estonia november third through fifth celebrating dance 2006 retreat in devon united kingdom november fourth spread your veils and fly workshop in northcote victoria australia November 4th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Ames, Iowa. November 4th, Zoe of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. November 4th, costuming on the cheap and Egyptian stage makeup workshops, as well as a belly dance goodies sale in Germantown, Maryland. November 4th through 5th, third annual Boston Belly Dance Awards workshop and show with Virginia, Amara Gamal, and more, Boston, Massachusetts. November 5th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. November 5th, Sonya of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Johnston, Iowa. November 5th, Kane Dance Workshop with Margot Abdo Odell in Minneapolis, Minnesota. November 5th, Oriental Workshop in Zurich, Switzerland. The information for this event is not in English, so beware. November 8th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Madison, Wisconsin. November 9th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Grands Rapids, Michigan. November 10th, the 5th Icelandic Belly Dance Contest in Reykjavik, Iceland. November 10th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Royal Oak, Michigan. November 10th through 12th, Rachel Bryce and Keshi Chai in performance and workshops in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. November 11th, Jamila will have workshops in Halifax, England. November 11th, Gypsy Fire will be performing at Tulsa Expo Fairgrounds in Tulsa, Oklahoma. November 11th, Carnival of the Stars in Hayward, California. November 11th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in New Albany, Indiana. November 11th, Dancing with Fans in Dells Ford, Victoria, Australia. November 11th through 12th, Susanna Delvecchio Workshops in Richmond, Virginia. November 11th through 12th, Amira of Las Vegas will be having workshops in Lima, Peru. November 11th through 12th, Ultra Gypsy will be having workshops in London, England. November 12th, Jamila will have workshops in Gainsborough, England. November 12th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be performing in Cincinnati, Ohio. November 12th, Zoe of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Cincinnati, Ohio. November 12th, Soul Fire Belly Dance Academy presents Sands, Swords, and Sequins in Australia. November 12th, Night of the Harem in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. This week we have our first listener-submitted review. And this week's review is Belly Dance for Beautiful Freaks, a review by Alexel Soma. If the first thing that comes to your mind when you think belly dance is a cutesy flirty dancer in a skimpy little costume, prepare to have your misconceptions turned upside down. 
In Belly Dance for Beautiful Freaks, renowned dancer and designer Tempest takes you into the dark, dramatic world of gothic belly dance. This DVD will teach you movements that you can take out onto the dance floor, or it can simply serve as an introduction to this unique side of the dance. This instructional starts with a short introduction explaining what the DVD hopes to accomplish. In this section, Tempest also advises to take care when dancing in clothing that is boned or corseted, and notes that footwear can noticeably alter the way you dance, encouraging you to get used to doing the movements in shoes if you plan to wear them before taking your dancing out in public. I feel it was important to mention these points because they can be relevant to all styles of dancing. The next section notes the importance of having correct dance posture and includes a full body warm-up. Having good dance posture is a very important factor that far too many instructional videos only briefly touch or skip altogether, so it was nice to see it focused on so deeply. Unfortunately, Though the warm-up does do the job it's intended to do, I've found that it can start to get a little dull if you use it every time you study with the DVD. Then, after a demonstration of the moves and combinations that will be taught, the DVD jumps into the actual teaching itself, which is broken down into slow movements and fast movements. These sections are further broken down and put into four combinations. Tempest's teaching style is very easy to follow as she explains things in depth without overanalyzing to the point of confusion. Some of the names for the more popular movements differ from what I am used to hearing them called, but this is the common problem all instructors share. On a positive note, many of the movements are approached and adapted in a way that is unique to Tempest's format, so even the most seasoned dancer can get something out of this instruction. After the combinations, a mini-workshop is held to wrap up the instruction. To say the least, this section makes the DVD lack of a cool-down seem completely insignificant. With more than 10 minutes of invaluable advice, tips, and explanations of Gothic belly dance's key elements, this section alone makes the DVD well worth its selling price. To top everything off, the video is concluded by two beautiful performances that demonstrate two of the directions the dance can be taken. Overall, I would recommend this video not only to dancers interested in the darker side of dance, but to all belly dancers. A lot of the instruction and information can be adapted to any form of belly dance, and Tempest has a fresh take on many things dancers may not have considered before. The biggest problem I had with the DVD, though it may be my own personal bias, dealt with the title screen. Though the title screen gives you options to go to different parts of the video, there are two performances, but only one button that takes you to them. I have found that I can only watch her performances one at a time, as I end up feeling so inspired that I immediately need to start working on my own dancing. <laughs> if this video isn't in your personal collection yet, I advise everyone to go order it today. You will not be disappointed. And she provided links. For more information on Tempest, you can go to www 
darklydramatic.com. For more information on Rock's Gothic, uh, you can go to www.gothicbellydance.com. Those links will be included in the show notes. This week's first song is Echoes of Dub from the album Knives to the Trouble by Burning Babylon. If you recall last week, there was an email asking if I would cover more tribal dance and male belly dancing, and I told you guys that I'm trying to research these things because something I don't know about personally yet, and I wanted to learn more about them for myself, and I would appreciate any help people would like to give me, and I have to say, my listeners yet again came through for me, so I thought I'd share these emails. Okay. Arabella from Vermont posted on the message board some advice about male dancing. You're probably already aware of Morocco, one of the pioneers of belly dance in the Western Hemisphere, but you may not be aware of her website, www.kashbahadance.org. On her site is an excellent article by Tariq Sultan about men who dance in the Middle Eastern style. I can't paste in a direct link here, but if you go to kashbahdance.org, in the left column is an articles link. Scroll down until you see Tarek's name and click on the, t- on the article entitled Oriental Dance, It Isn't Just for Women. It's an excellent article. Thanks for that reference, Arabella. And Arabella deserves a Zagreet because she now has a dance name, which is Suya. So, 
Maybe that didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> then I received this email from Alexa Sama, who was also who was also kind enough to send me the review for today's show. And she says, just had to say, I love your show. For the past few years, I haven't had much of an interest in cabaret, opting for a gothic tribal fusion type style. I just have to say that your interview with Princess Faharna made me want to revisit my cabaret roots. You mentioned that you still don't know much about tribal style or male belly dancers. And though I'm definitely not the most knowledgeable on either subject, I do have a quick recommendation for you. There is a very good interview in, in Kajara Jomana's book, The Tribal Bible, where she interviews John the Sheik Compton about his experiences as a male belly dancer. Actually, I would recommend the book itself as a great introduction to American tribal style. Unfortunately, though, the book is out of print. The last I knew, you can still order it directly from the author herself. Hope your show continues to grow and prosper, Alexel Sima. So again, I'd like to thank you guys for sending me recommendations that I can use for my own research, but that I can also pass along to all the listeners. I think one of my favorite things about belly dance is I'm constantly learning more and more about it and the various aspects of it. And that just makes it all the more fun to me. So if anyone has any more suggestions or feedback, or, you know, pronunciation corrections, that's fine too, because <laughs> I'm sure I've butchered some names and cities today. <laughs> you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com. You can post on the forum at shimmycast.blogspot.com. Uh, leave comments on the blog. You can send us an audio. Um, feel free to vote for us on Podcast Alley or Podcast Pickles, so we'll get a little more... Um, recognized and also leaving reviews on iTunes will help the show get recognized as well. And don't forget to sign up on the proper map so we can see where you're at. So this week, instead of an article, we have highlights from Shimmy Fest. First, I'd like to thank Delilah from my troupe, Myrna Wall. She was a roving reporter for me at Shimmy Fest, and since I only had one recording rig, she did the old-fashioned hurry and jot notes interviewing for Shimmy Cast, and her services were invaluable. So first we have a sound clip. Okay, and your dance name and where you're from? Uh, Kitty Sparkle from Tulsa. Okay, and how long have you been dancing? Six years. <laughs> and what uh, dance style? Are you cabaret, tribal, um, infusion? I am really not sure, <laughs> to be honest. It's belly dance. I, I would guess it's called American style belly dance because it, I've learned from so many different people. It's really hard to say. Yeah. And who are some of the people that you've learned from? Well, I started out with Shadia Dalal in Tulsa. Um, I've studied with Soroya Al Musri in Oklahoma City, of course. And um, then some of my favorite instructors would be Yukta, um, Princess Farhana, of course, and Suya. Uh, gosh, there's so many great instructors I've studied with. I can't really name every one of them, but, but lots yeah. of great folks. Yeah. And what's your favorite move? My favorite move? Hmm. My <laughs> students would probably tell you it's the Ami, because I always put that in every choreography. 
<laughs> and your favorite prop to work with? Like a sword. It's really dramatic. Yeah. What move challenged you the most to learn? As a beginner? Yeah. You know what's funny is like the really simple moves flummoxed me. Um, like marching. That just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it look good. <laughs> Uh, so it was really silly stuff like that. Uh, I mean, you know, other moves, all of the moves were hard, of course, but, but you know, it always seemed to be the simple things that eluded me. Yeah. And um, what kind of music do you like to dance to? Oh, I really kind of like uh, Arabic disco, pretty much. That's that's almost everything that I choreograph. It's usually something humorous, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, American influence, and you know, I just enjoy the more upbeat styles. Yeah. Where's the most unusual place you've performed at? <laughs> Let me think. Um, gosh, I don't think I've really performed any place that weird. <laughs> it's okay if you haven't. Not everybody has. I guess like at a gay club in Tulsa where everybody was offering me money and I thought they were trying to tip me, but what they really wanted was to see my boobs for a dollar. <laughs> And I said, hell no, you go buy yourself a soda. But, um, but <laughs> so that's probably the weirdest thing, you know, I've never, that was really odd. Yeah. Uh, and then what's your favorite thing about belly dance? I love the way it looks. I think it's fascinating. And I love basically the, the control and the isolation. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Hope this yeah. <laughs> and next, Delilah interviewed uh, members of the troupe Midnight Flame from North Little Rock. Rune has been dancing for 10 years. She started out taking uh, a class at the University of Louisiana in Lafayette. She was taught by uh, Linda Hasha. And a few months into the class, Linda asked if anyone would like to perform in her place at an international festival at the university. So Rune and another student decided to do it, and she's been dancing ever since. Her earliest memory of belly dance is her participation in Louisiana. It was something new that she had not really seen or heard of before, so she decided to take the class and then got hooked. The most unusual place she's ever danced was in a dorm room. It had 20 people squeezed into it, so she only had about three feet to dance in. Um, when asked what made her decide to join a troupe, she responded, Well, Kestrel asked me to teach her, so we started dancing. Then Selena asked to learn. Then another friend asked if we'd come dance for her, and it just kept going from there until they formed a troupe. Her favorite thing about belly dance is the freedom of expression and Rune feels its most rewarding aspect is the faith and comfort you find in yourself and your body. Her advice to new dancers is don't give up. There are moves that every dancer has troubles with no matter how long you've been dancing. Remember that each person learns at his or her own pace. Then Kestrel has been dancing for nearly three years. Uh, she asked Rune to teach her, and before she knew it, they had a gig performing at a 50th birthday party, and she was hooked. Um, she was a nervous wreck, but had a lot of fun. 
She likes using Zills and the veil, but says that her favorite prop would have to be the sword, even though she hasn't learned it yet. <laughs> her earliest memories of belly dance are from when she was 16 and saw a troupe perform at the L.A. County Fair in California. She calls it the most beautiful, sensual thing she's ever seen and has been in love with it ever since. Her favorite dance moves are shimmies of all types and belly rolls. Kestrel likes to dance to either fast or slow music and can freelance to nearly anything from a tango to more traditional music. She says that the most rewarding thing about belly dance are the changes in how you see yourself and appreciating your own beauty. And her advice to new dancers is to don't make the mistake of thinking that you have to be super thin to belly dance. You really need to get away from that stereotype. As long as you're healthy, you can belly dance. This is a style that favors women with curves and real bodies. So come on, ladies, don't be shy. Kestrel feels that her next challenge will be to learn the flutter and flundulation that Frahana demonstrated and is determined to master both. Selena has been dancing for nearly two years, having joined Midnight Flame shortly after it formed. She likes to say that Rune and Kestrel asked her to dance with them, but tricked her into performing. <laughs> To date, her favorite instructors have been Fraharna and Rune. When asked what advice she'd give to someone wanting to join a troupe, she advised just make sure that it is with people that you like and it will reflect on how you dance. Selena's favorite move is the downward figure eight, which she performs with grace. She feels that learning the flutter and belly rolls from the bottom up are going to be her most challenging move. She dances as easily to fast music as she does slower rhythms, but really feels drawn to guitar and gypsy-sounding pieces. She also uses the veil and zills, but calls the sword her favorite prop, even though, and she was grinning when she says this, she hasn't got a clue how to use it yet. <laughs> her usual advice to any new dancer considering belly dance is that it's going to hurt until your body gets used to moving that way. She feels the most rewarding thing about belly dance would be the changes in how I look at myself and see beauty instead of the normal wishing my body would change. And then Hespera from Midnight Flame has been dancing for more than a year and a half. Her favorite instructors have been Rune for Harna and Nina and Vina uh, videos. Her favorite move would be belly rolls in a full back layout but still says, with a smile, that the move that has challenged her the most is a good belly roll. <laughs> her flexibility is not limited as she dances with equal ease to fast or slow music. When asked which is her favorite, she smiles again and shrugs and says, it depends on the day. Isn't that how most of us are? <laughs> like the rest of her troupe, she uh, uses... Veil and Zills, but her favorite prop is definitely the sword. <laughs> her advice to new dancers is don't be ashamed of your body. She feels that the sense of liberation she feels since taking up belly dancing is her favorite thing about it and thinks that one of its most rewarding aspects is that I have learned to be proud of my jiggle. <laughs> and all the ladies at Midnight Flame enjoyed the 
Shimmy Fest for its atmosphere and the opportunity to interact with other dancers, get to know new styles, uh, Princess Farhana's classes, and being able to watch the other dancers perform. So thank you, ladies, for taking the time to share that information with us. And we have another sound clip. So if I could get your dance name and your troupe and where you're from. My dance name is Zahara. I'm from Russellville, Arkansas. Now, I was the original uh, director of Desert Fire here in Fayetteville. Started 30 years ago. I've been dancing 32 myself, and I moved to Russellville three years ago and started a new troupe. Great. And what is the earliest memory that you have of belly dance? Believe it or not, the year I got started, it's been like, say, 32 years ago, it was one of the Miss America talents. I can't remember if it was Miss America herself or the runner-up, but she had that most beautiful flowing green silk outfit, and she was a dancer from the old country. Her mother, her father was an American. Mother had been a dancer from the old country, and it was the most exotic and exquisite thing I'd ever seen. She had that dark green with a silver beaded costume from Egypt, and it was just stunning, and I thought, you know, my ex-husband didn't like to, to dance himself, and I love to dance, so this was just my, I said, I can do that because I can dance for myself. And that's what inspired you to start your belly dancing, too? That's what inspired me to start. Great. And what's your favorite move? Probably in my younger days, it was the floor work, back bends and stuff like that. I got a shin splint, and I don't do floor work anymore. Uh, but the veil work is beautiful. Any type of shimmies, you know, it's all fun. It, every, everything is different. And when you put that costume on, you're not yourself anymore. It's like when I walk on that floor, I'm not Terry anymore. I'm Zahara. And so you just step out of yourself, and, and it's just a wonderful experience. Great. What did you find to be most challenging when you were learning to belly dance? Aches and pains. <laughs> no one realizes how much work in the stretching. You're using muscles that you never use in everyday life, except incidentally. And so you're having to develop stomach muscles, side muscles, and lateral stuff that you don't use, you know, just walking down the street or anything like that, unless you're a dancer. And then even belly dancing has different moves and uses different muscles than some of the other forms. So uh, when I first started, you know, I was, in, I was in great shape then, but it was still a challenge just to get the muscles to move them where I wanted to. People nowadays will say, well, it looks so easy, and it is after with practice. It takes practice. What do you find to be most rewarding about belly dance? I think the most rewarding thing is to see a group of women, any size, any shape, it makes no difference. The camaraderie, like this gathering we're at right now, the camaraderie among dancers is uh, its not a competition, oh, I'm going to be better than her or anything like that. It's just a beautiful art form, and everybody enjoys everybody's dance. So I think the camaraderie among dancers. And what inspired you to become a teacher? Well, my original teacher was Carol Russell, and she was a graduate student at the University of Arkansas. And so when she graduated, I went to Springdale and took class under Pat Black. And Pat said I got to the stage where I would go off to seminars, and she didn't think she could teach me anything. And the Fayetteville Youth Center needed a teacher, and I taught there for 27 years. Wow. Okay, now this is a really important question. Everybody wants to know, how do you go about finding good music? Good music's the hardest thing in the world without <laughs> buying everything. You can get online and listen to some of the tracks and stuff like that and then purchase it. You can't download it, you know, although there are some that you can, but you have to be real careful with that. Um, I think 
I take the advice of some of the other. I'll, if I hear a piece of music that I like with a dancer, Scott, I'll go and ask her what album it's from. Because everybody has their own choice of, of styles of dance that they like. I, I like more of a instrumental. I'm not wanting to a whole lot of words because I don't want to offend anybody. And if I don't know what they're saying, you know, I don't really want to uh, step on anybody's feet. So I'm going to please everybody, and I think that's the easiest thing is, is just ask other dancers. You know, hey, I love that piece of music we're dancing to. What, you know, what is it from? And then most of the vendors, if they carry music, you can ask them, and they'll say, well, what style do you like? Do you like slow, you know, drums? What do you like? And most of them are really good about telling you what you need. Okay, one last quick question. What advice would you give to a woman who's kind of thinking about belly dance, but she's not sure she can do it or that she wants to do it? Try it. Don't don't hesitate to try it. Give it a time. I, I, I have the people that come into my class, and I'll say, okay, first night, come in, try it with us. And if you don't like it, you don't know a thing. If you like it, then you can start paying for classes next week. And I think that's the best thing to do. And I don't know how many other teachers do it that way, but I've just found it works for me. And I'll have them nine times out of ten come back next week. You know, every once in a while you're going you're gonna to get someone who might be too shy. But I think when they see other dancers, all shapes and sizes, and I tell them, you know, I want to build self-confidence in yourself. And that's the most important thing. And this will do it. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, and so do my listeners. Thank you so much for asking me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Delilah was also able to talk to Kristen, who has been dancing for a year, and she enjoys tribal style and has wanted to dance since she was a little girl. Um, Aurora has been dancing for 20 years. She's in Russellville, Arkansas. She used to perform in Egyptian Arabic and Greek restaurants, but now she mostly performs at festivals. She practices cabaret style, and her favorite props are the veil and sword. Lauren from Little Rock, Arkansas, has been dancing for seven years, and she got into belly dance because a friend that she took ballet with was Lebanese. Uh, She practices oriental style, and in mid-March, she's going to be going to France to work on Turkish gypsy belly dance. We wish you a safe trip, Lauren, and when you get back, let us know how it went. <laughs> and we have one more sound clip. Yes. Okay, so the name of your troupe and then each of your names and where y'all are from. Lalique and Company, and we're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, my name is Roberta, and I actually live in Katusa. My name is Karma. Uh, I live in Tulsa. I've been dancing about seven years. My name is Jazara. I live in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. My name is Zabel, and I live in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I've been dancing about a year and a half. Okay, great. And what is each of your favorite moves? Oh, I don't know. I like some of the slow, sensual moves, but I really get into a shimmy, too. The shimmy is mine by a long shot. I I could do that all night. (laughs) I would have to say, thank you, Shakira, a downward figure eight. Nice hip movements. I'm all about the low body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like the hand movements real well. What about props? Um, My favorite is probably the veil. Uh, Mine is the fan. I love doing a fan dance. So far, I'd have to say my favorite prop, because I'm also a little bit newer, is the tambourine. It's so much fun. The crowd loves the tambourine. Yeah. And not very many people do the tambourine. No, not yeah. anymore, but it is wonderful. Yeah. Um, the zeals, I really like them. 
Yeah. So what do you find the most challenging about belly dancing? Probably the layering of the shimmies with the undulations. Uh, that's probably the most difficult thing. Lots of head nodding. <laughs> yeah. all nodding. Synchronization. Synchronization, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably um, learning those first isolations. I mean, it's really at first, and then once you get it down, you can kind of build on it. But man, that first isolating your body, learning how to rewalk and rethink that you are now two. Yeah. <laughs> Um, remembering to smile. <laughs> that, that's also a tough one. That's also a tough one. So um, what made you guys decide to join a troupe? A lot of dancers out there are, you know, should I join a troupe? Should I not join a troupe? What made you decide to join one? Actually, my neighbor got me into this. Um, she had a stroke and does not feel on one side of her body. And she met Lalique through a clogging dance where she was trying to get her motor skills working again. And so she kind of drug me into it. And now I'm dancing and she's not. And I love it. I've danced almost my whole life, and my husband's not a dancer, and he's actually the one who found it, an ad in the paper for me to start dancing so I could dance by myself, you know, so it keeps him off the dance floor. <laughs> I actually started out in um, West Coast swing dancing, decided I wanted to do something a little more feminine, and a girlfriend and I um, were seeking it out, and this is actually my aunt, and so we were like, we've got to do something feminine, something powerful, and you should definitely go with the troupe instead of trying to learn something off of a video, because the friendship, the camaraderie, you cheer each other on. It makes it so much easier to do the dance. Um, my aunt danced back in the early 70s, and I was in love with it then, and I still am. Okay, now let's talk music. What's your favorite music to dance to? I would have to say out of all the music that we dance to right now, it's uh, Cirque du Soleil and uh, Egypte. Um... I was trying to think what my favorite one is. Um, I like anything that's fasted where you can really move the hips. I love moving my hips. That's the, the most limber part of me. <laughs> I don't have a particular favorite. I really like it when uh, music can kind of fluctuate from going really fast to the slow. So, yeah, you get to focus on the, the hit, hit, hit. But when you speed up that music, your body and your adrenaline gets going. And so I like music that has variation throughout. Yeah. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and the last question. What advice would you give for a young lady or, or even an older woman who is thinking about starting belly dance? Do it now. <laughs> Do it now. Um, I think the one thing they should know is you don't need to worry about size or shape or age or skill level. Um, it's out there for everything from a child to, you know, a 90-year-old that can still do it. And it doesn't matter if you're skinny or if you're fat or if you're in between. Um, it's out there for women. All women have talents, and a lot of it is just feeling the music, letting your blood boil, and just move with the music. Yeah, I would have to say do it now. There, There is no regrets. Even for you personally and for those that you reach out to, it, I mean, it gets you going. You get, I mean, it's almost like being part of a community. I mean, it is wonderful. Um, yeah. Don't wait till tomorrow. You might not have it. Well, thank you, ladies, for taking the time to talk to me here at Shimmy Fest. And your performance was just awesome. I enjoyed it. That's thank nice you. to hear. Thank you. Thank you so much.
I hope you all enjoyed hearing what dancers at Shimmy Fest had to say about various dance topics. And like I've said before, I'm planning on doing more interviews in the future, and hopefully I can make time in my schedule to go to more workshops and interview more dancers in this capacity. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I really love to hear from other dancers in different areas than the area that I'm in and see what they're thinking about, what they're talking about, what their opinions are on some dance topics that I've been thinking about myself. And I just, I had so much fun talking to so many dancers and I really, like I said, I really, really, really hope that I can make more time to do that in my schedule for you guys. But for now, it's time for the question of the week. And this question is going to go along with the article, and it's actually going to, to help my research for an article that I'm working on for the show. So the question is, do you use a dance name or a stage name, whatever you want to call it, and why? And to answer, you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com or go to our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And if any of you listeners are new, feel free to answer previous questions. I'm always happy to go back and share answers to old questions. And again, I'd like to thank everyone who's been sending me suggestions for my trip to Chicago. Um, we've been researching a lot of restaurants and it's making me hungry. <laughs> I can't wait to get, in, to get there and start eating some of this food I've been reading about. <laughs> Anyway, finally it's time for the second music pick of the week. This song is Miss Moody from the CD A Tribal Metamorphosis by Pentaphobe. This song is not for duplication and is copyrighted by Mondo Meloda Incorporated. For more information, you can go to Pentaphobe's website at pentaphobe.net. And there will be a link in the show notes to that site. I hope you all enjoy, and until next week, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast@gmail.com, and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.